Hello and welcome to the Becoming Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anne Fancy. This podcast was born out of the intent to continue conversations off the yoga mat and into the world because so much of what we do in life is challenging and creates a whole lot of discomfort and so much of it is asking us to elevate, to rise up. And I wanted to find space to continue these conversations that we can all be a part of in our own process of unraveling who the world has told us to be and becoming a more true and honest version of ourselves. And even more so in simply acknowledging what it feels like to continue to wake up, to be more wakeful in this beautiful experience we call life perhaps even this brutal experience we call life. I'm so grateful for you being here. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it widely. Please rate and review us and subscribe. I appreciate you. All right. I'm really excited for you to hear today's episode with Patty Shaw. I think I mentioned it in the podcast, but um, I just felt compelled, called to reach out to Patty. Um, We have a mutual friend, and I just felt like she was the next right person to interview. I think you will agree that this interview is so interesting, and I literally could have talked to Patty for hours longer. She's bright, smart, gentle, kind, sweet, all of the important things, and full of all kinds of incredible knowledge. Um, So I hope you uh, enjoy this episode. Before we get going, just a reminder, I do have a fall retreat coming up in northern Michigan. The views are stunning. The experience is going to be awesome. We'll gather together with community and just spend some time um, pouring into ourselves. Uh, If you want information on that retreat, it's the end of September, and you can find it at annfancy.com backslash retreat. I only have three spots left, and uh, I hope... Whoever you are, you will come. Uh, Lastly, I am teaching again at um, Barefoot and Free Festival, which is in Proud Lake. I'm teaching August 17th. That's the Saturday of the festival. Teaching a class about chakras and moving through the flow of asana to really help us uh, learn about manifesting and using our chakras to expand our experience in our life. Okay, that's it. I hope you enjoy this episode. And of course, as always, as I keep repeating, um, find me on Facebook, follow me on different platforms, share this podcast with anyone who you think would benefit from this information, these conversations. I appreciate you. I look forward to hearing from you and connecting as we continue this journey forward together. Let's go. Hello and welcome. Um, today I have with me Patty Shaw, who, um, you know, Facebook, good old Facebook, you start to see these people that keep popping up and people you might know. And I'm like, I don't know Patty Shaw, but I feel like I want to know Patty Shaw. So I, I kept getting that little nudge and I reached out. And so thank you for being here. I'm excited to learn more about you and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for reaching out. I think we have a couple friends mutual. Yeah. And this is going to be really fun. Good. Good. So, um, formally, you are the owner of um, the Candlewick Shop in, is that, did I say it right? The Candlewick Shop in Ferndale, Ferndale, Michigan. Um, And you have a larger um, organization called Coventry Creations. That's right. That's where we make magic. Okay. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Part of your magic. I have a feeling there's a lot more magic than that. So, how did you end up there? Like, have you always been interested in magic? Um, what were you like as a kid? Like, how did you get to the place where you have these 
very magical businesses. She wants to go way, way back. Yeah, I do. I like going way back. As a child, I was painfully shy, painfully Mm -hmm. shy. My parents had such a hard time bringing me out. They had such adorable little things that they would do for me to help me to um, integrate with humanity. (laughs) (laughs) So I was fine just being underneath the covers in my bed. Yeah. And so that's my childhood, really, in a nutshell. And we can go back there if you want to. But I'll jump right into um, where the magic happens over at Coventry Creations. Jackie Smith is my sister, my younger sister, and she is the founder of Coventry Creations. And back in uh, 1992, 93, I was between jobs. Okay. My career in landscape design was kaput, and uh, it had a lot to do with the recession Mm -hmm. at the time. So um, my other sister was playing matchmaker. Mm -hmm. She said, Jackie, Patty's out of work. I know you need help at the factory. It's a brand new business for her. And uh, so she called me up and said, Jackie's really struggling. She needs help, you know. Mm-hmm. So we call each other and, hey, I want to help you out. We were both saying, hey, yeah. I want to help you out. Yeah. And, and we just laughed because it, it, just, it just was funny at the time. Yeah. And um, Coventry Creations is a spiritually based company. She was studying spiritualism. I was studying healing, mm-hmm. energy healing. And um, we got together and we found we had a lot in common. And you didn't realize that before because of the age difference? Age difference, hanging out. She was in her circle. I was in my circle. I had a couple of young kids. So yeah. I really was home a lot, listening yeah. to a lot of uh, cassette tapes at yes. the time. Audiobooks. <laughs> yes. Uh, audiobooks. Yes. yes. And, um, yeah, doing some education on my own, and, and that kept me really, really busy. Mm-hmm. So she's my younger sister. You know how yeah. younger sisters are. You totally They're ignore annoying. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm the younger sister, so I do know how that is. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we got together and we, we started comparing our lives and we're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And uh, she invited me to come in to work with her at the factory. So the, the candle factory is mm-hmm. about um, making these candles that you can meditate with. Okay. And not just meditate with, you can engage in the energetic exchange that happens and make real changes in your life. Okay. So there's... Um, energy that is released by burning the candle Mm because we put in the um, specific fragrances in there and herbs in there and then um, you you join that energy by bringing your intention what do I want to do what do I want to accomplish by using this love candle for example yeah who do I want to meet what kind of person do I want to attract into my life and then there's um, a blessing on the label and you say the blessing and then of course you add to it Mm -hmm. and so that is the premise behind the candle. Okay. So it's very spiritual, very life coachy. Yeah. And, um, you know, we started out with um, affirmations and blessings mm-hmm. and using your mind to create your own reality. And it, it, it worked. It really works. It continues to work. Yeah. People continue to get a lot out of it by participating in this this um, reality creation. Yeah. We just kind of like said, here's the directions and here's the candle. Yeah. So it's like the candle is create, is facilitating uh, an opportunity for people to engage with energy in a different way and yeah. with their affirmations in a different way. So it's it seems to me just from listening that it's like so many people feel like they want to figure out how to create more love in their life or they want to do these different things. They want to feel more peaceful or more forgiving or whatever, but they don't know what to do and it's like a it sounds like a really beautiful launching point for people it is it is and 
you know, this was 25 years ago yeah, when is... we were doing this. So we were not exactly in the forefront of it because there was 20 years before that with with our parents' generation. That sure. The hippies were starting all of that. And, um, but 92, 93 is still very early and it was still very, very woo woo and hippy dippy and yeah, we're new age, uh, new age is, was getting organized yeah. and messages were being, um, converted into their elevator pitches. Mm-hmm. There was, um, conventions beginning to form and businesses popping up and people were really getting organized with their their products, their message, how they want to help each other. And it's not just products. It was all across the board with with schools and books yeah. and audio tapes. Sure. And, and all the ways that people wanted to help each other wake up and turn mm-hmm. on and just the next the next hippie generation was yeah. coming up. Yeah, and just transforming, and and, the, and that generation was evolving even more. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I'm, I'm fascinated to learn more about like what it was like in the 90s. I was 12 and 13 in 1992 <laughs> and 93, um, and actually my 13th birthday was a uh, hippie party, so Fun. I was always obsessed with the 60s, which makes perfect sense to me yeah. now, um, uh, but I would love to learn like what it was like then and how, what is the... Like, how has it changed from 1992 to 93? Also, we're still going to go back to the shy kid because I'm not done with that. Okay. That wasn't enough for me. Um, uh, But tell me more about, like, what 92, 93 was like and what it felt like and how, what parallels can you draw in this, like, evolution that's happening and these these wake-ups that keep happening? It was a giant party. Yeah. With, well, for me, without the drugs. Yeah. And the drinking, which was the earlier generation. But, um... People were tuning into their own energy mm-hmm. in a way that was um, requiring more clarity of mind, clarity of um, body, clarity of emotions, everything. So um, the stuff from the East that was coming in, all those Eastern philosophies were coming in and oh, right. getting really Westernized, that people were grabbing onto it and turning it into their own thing. How can I relate to this? How can I yeah. make this work in my life? So, um, and you know that being a yoga instructor, mm-hmm. yeah, that yoga is different in the United States than it is absolutely in the East. <laughs> yeah, but, but we are different. Our culture is different. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I mean, ninety two, ninety three. That's when like all of it was really starting to expand. The yoga world was expanding here too. Yeah. Along next, it was to, blowing up. It yeah. was blowing up. Yeah, and we had so much fun because our business just always has always grown. Mm-hmm. Has always grown. I mean. It's, we had our hills and valleys, but it was it's always steady. We're still growing. Yeah. Because, and now we're selling to the next generation. Yeah. We're, I'm going to be a grandmother this year. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's like, wow, I, I don't feel old enough to be the sage grandmother yeah. or anything. I don't know what, what that's going to bring to me, but I actually am. Yeah. I actually am old enough to do that. And you've been in this movement, whatever we want to call this, this, sh- this shift for a lot longer than a lot of people. And so that brings its own innate wisdom to the conversation, right? But also the millennials and these young people, I'm not technically a millennial, I'm a zennial. Um, uh. <laughs> but um, it, it, there is, and I, and I say that because I do feel different than the millennials, but, um, and even just now raising my six and a half year old, who I don't know what they'll call her, um, but it's it's definitely there's they're definitely coming in with a higher expectation. In ninety two, ninety three, I imagine 
a lot of people thought you were really, really weird for doing what you were doing and out there and um, maybe not within these circles, but from the outside world. What was that like for you? Did, did What did your family think? Well, um, my family is uh, really kind of split. I'm from a big family. There's mm-hmm. nine kids. Wow. Yeah. So three of us um, really dove into what we're calling the new age today. Yeah. Um, into the mysticism and, and Jackie's... Um, she launched herself through paganism. Okay. My other sister launched herself through spiritualism, mm-hmm. mediumship, and I launched myself through the healing aspect of it. But we were all in that, working with energy and mm-hmm. the uh, things behind the veil and yeah. all that myst- mystery, yeah. um, sneaky stuff. How do you explain that if you, if you can't see it, it's not real? And then the rest of the family is so pragmatic. Mm-hmm. They're like, that just doesn't exist. You're, you're making it up. Right. And which was fun because we're like, we make everything up. Right, right. Everything is invented. Right. And going back to your statement about yoga, um, we are each all unique individual souls. Right. Expressing ourselves. Right. And so nothing can be the same for everyone. Right. It's, it's not supposed to be that way. Right. And um, I love that about um, people. And for everything to be the same is boring. Right. And and for that one person that goes way off into left field, that opens up so many people to try to get outside of their box. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. And I and for me that's like that's so much what all of this is is pushing up up against the boundaries of thought, of belief, our um our paradigms and and yoga really for me as a as a in my personal experience is that it really pushed me up against my own edges. Um to be uncomfortable and to trust myself in that discomfort and to challenge what I believe and think every single day, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it's the physical is like no longer very interesting to me. Um, it's all the other stuff that goes with it. And it's probably just spiritualism or what, I mean, I don't really know. So how do we, let's talk with that, let's take that back one step. So let's define paganism, spiritualism, and um, you know, you're, you talk about being a healer and a light worker. How do you see those different, I mean, they're all, I think, entry points, right? Mm-hmm. For really the same energy, Right, uh, right. So you're all, we're we're talking about getting out of. I don't. If I can't see it, I don't believe it. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that, and um, the religions brought in faith, mm-hmm. helped us like say, okay, we'll entertain that. That yeah. there's these invisible things to guide us along. With um, paganism, you know, we're working with nature spirits and. Um, we're working with the being in tune with the seasons and the cycles and we're looking at um, the people on the other side of the veil who are helping us as being um, smarter than us, wiser than us, more evolved than us, maybe Mm -hmm. they're gods, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they are, um, you know, here to say, here, Here's a path. Here's here's a practice. Here's here's a way. If if you follow this, if you you get really good at this, you're going to grow, mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to manipulate energy, and you're going to be able to create your own reality. Yeah, you're going to master that. Yeah. So that's um, pagan or earth religions, mm-hmm. earth magic. I am not an expert on paganism, so that's a really that's it's Jackie's just, world. Yes. Yep. Okay. And that's as deep as I can go with that's that. That's perfect. That's all we need. Yeah. Yeah. With the spiritualism, um, that is the group of people that want to prove that there's life beyond death. Okay. 
and that's really the bottom line for them. If it brings in guidance or insight that is beyond like proof that the spirit that I'm talking to had a life, mm-hmm. they call it evidential, then they start to get into this area of spirit guides and angels and maybe gods and ascendant masters, people mm-hmm. who lived before us mm-hmm. and they get it. They right. understand how life works. And then they start to get into what we term metaphysics. Right. The, um, the world beyond the physical, mm-hmm. which get, I guess is huge. Yeah, it is huge, <laughs> pretty huge. And, and this is where, you know, science and I think um, spiritualism are starting to come together with quantum physics. And there's so much work on consciousness. And I was just listening to an interview with, um, what's his name? Eben something, E-B-E-N is his first name. The guy who wrote um, Proof of Heaven and then his newest book is Mindful Universe. But, um, you know, there's just, there's just, and he was a doctor of some sort before this all happened to him. And he's like this, you know, medical mystery, miracle, right? And I just, I think that, that that's really the beautiful place with spiritualism and with paganism and all of it is that science is starting to catch up a little bit if anybody's willing to actually dive deep into what is being produced. Right. Well, science is all about you know, what can we measure. Yeah. And as our equipment gets more sensitive, we can measure more things. Yeah. And as our consciousness evolves, mm-hmm. we can be aware of more things. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and allow those... Instead of just being like, well, we can't explain that. Now there are people that some of the scientists are expanding their minds and their consciousness enough to be like, well, maybe mm-hmm. there's something more here to look at instead of yeah. just sort of writing it off, you know? Well, even Einstein um, acknowledged God. Yeah. And he is like 100% Mr. Science. Yeah. So I don't think that metaphysics or God or religion is outside of science. They just like to put it off to the side yeah. until they can figure out how to measure it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So um, what was the third thing we were going to talk about? What, New Age? New was Age, that? healing, energy. Oh, healing. Healing. Yeah. healing. Yeah, I keep hearing that like New Age, that term is sort of um, changing or evolving. Yeah, you know, everything evolves. Sure. Uh, things go out of style. Yeah. And they have then the, um, the next generation coming up, you mm-hmm. yeah. and your kids, uh, saying, well, New Age, that's what my grandma did, and yeah. I'm different from my grandmother. Okay. You know, I, yeah. and everyone wants, wants, everyone wants to have their own thing. Sure. So right now, um, conscious living ah. is the, uh, the buzzword. The buzzword, yeah, yeah. and consciousness for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and awakening. I'm trying to think of all the Instagram hashtags, you know, spiritual yeah. awakening. Awakenings, awakenings a little bit my generation. Okay. Um, well, maybe we're not letting that one die then, because I think I see it everywhere. Yeah, I, I think because it, 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 it's experienced as awakening. Yeah. I was asleep and I'm awake. Yeah. I was unaware. Now I'm aware. Yeah, that makes sense. I was dull. Now I'm bright. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely has that experiential mm-hmm. feeling to it. And from my understanding around why people maybe are letting go of new age goes along, at least how I have read and listened and what I've observed so far is that I feel like a lot of people who are talking about new age, um, it's being equated with some of this, um, quote unquote, spiritual bypassing or everything's positive and affirmative and good. And that from what I can interpret from people who are are rejecting the new age label is that there's more of the shift to acknowledge the shadow and the light and that there's these two sides and that it's not all fairies and pixie dust, right. but that we're meant to have this fullness of human experience and that for whatever reason, maybe new age in some people's experience got too, um, 
too positive in a way that felt unreal, you know? Yeah. It was too nice. Huh? Yeah, it was too nice. Yeah. Like Because we're not really that nice. Right. Well, we're well, having a human experience here. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably feeling out of balance yeah. for a lot of people because um, the, the discussion around the ego still goes on. Yeah. What do we do with the ego? Mm-hmm. You know, because... Um, Spiritual evolution and an evolution of your consciousness is transcending the ego. Mm-hmm. The ego is though very useful for a physical life. Sure, um, and necessary for a physical life in some absolutely. ways. Absolutely, right. yeah, right. So people who try to live without their ego find they struggle with survival situations, mm-hmm. and they find themselves being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. and and they find themselves not valuing the very things that. Um, are here to that represent a successful life, yeah, like prosperity yeah. and abundance. Um, to um, get into prosperity and abundance, back when the new age was newer, yeah, uh, that was kind of sinful. There was mm. a lot of misrepresentation and misunderstanding about being abundant. Mm-hmm. And when you study metaphysics, um, you, you start getting into what does it mean to get into balance with being prosperous and abundant? Mm-hmm. And it's not rejection of it. It's bringing it into balance. It's becoming in tune with um, prosperity in a sense of that there's unlimited energy. Mm-hmm. And it's eternal. And it's never destroyed. It only changes form, which goes way back to science again. Right. So um, people are having probably a, a, a renaissance of thought around that. And mm-hmm. I, I, I like it. I think it's a great idea. And I, and I, I don't think it's healthy to, um, to try and destroy your ego or um, feel that anyone that has prosperity, that, that they have done something evil to gain their, yeah. their prosperity. And... I think it goes back to um, what most of us learned in in whatever religious upbringing that there was some, at least from what I learned in growing up in the Christian faith, that there was some negativity around um, greed and money and prosperity and wealth, right? And that a lot of I feel like a lot of us have carried some of that baggage and residue with us. And even just speaking in the yoga world and light, you know we, we're all probably in this umbrella of light worker um, in some way or another. At least most people in these fields are. Um, I think that it's the same thing that you're, that you should be, and maybe it's even from Buddhism and all these other places that you should be like so humble and frugal and have very little, um, in order to be really real in doing this work. And I, Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that those notions are being challenged and need to be challenged that, Yeah. yeah, we don't need to starve and struggle in that way necessarily. Yeah. Right. Well, if we look at, um, the trend of moving from conquering and greed and taking, Mm -hmm through the Buddhism piece where you are denying yourself all worldly pleasures Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is actually a a kind of an evidence of the pendulum swinging back and forth to to create or find your place of equilibrium Mm -hmm. so that you can be positively prosperous, Mm -hmm. not greedy in your sharing, and you believe that there's enough for everyone. Yeah. And, and that you're willing to contribute to that enoughness in ways too, right? Like when oh, yeah. I have enough, I, I give and you know, that, that like dance and balance, I think is a huge piece of it too, you know? Absolutely. We're, we're still in the, um, era of, uh, conquer and control mm-hmm. and, and, and that's where people get, um, find their differences and they get weirded out with, with spiritualism because, 
well, that's all from God and it's abundant and it's infinite. So, um, you should be helping me for free Mm. because it's coming from God. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you get into metaphysics and you're really studying it wholeheartedly and, and really taking in the lessons, you find out that everything is from God. Mm-hmm. Even the, you know, the money that you're hoarding is not really your money. Right. It's God's money or the universe's money, if you don't right. like to wor- use the word ter- the, the term, the term God. God. Thank yeah. you. So, uh, it, and that's when your mind starts to open up and um, we go through a lot of confusing times of we as we sort out our materialism versus universal Mm -hmm. abundance yeah and I think that's so much of what's happening in these shifts is like it's the at least even in my own experience I always I I often like to talk about that that like I have a very spiritual experience and I can see things from this broader view and I can step into like what if this is all just earth school and not what if this is earth school Mm -hmm. and these are all just opportunities to grow and evolve and continue to commit back to love and unity and connection and all of these beautiful things. And then I have the human temper tantrum for the thing mm-hmm. that I want that's not happening or yeah. that's not happening fast enough or that I'm frustrated or I'm struggling or all of that. And I have come to believe truly that the, that dance is also part of the beauty of the human experience. Like if we were supposed to be living in a cave or you know, denouncing all, all worldly possessions and all of those things, then what would be the purpose necessarily of of earth, you know, life at all. Um, and I just, I'm, I, I think it's also curious to have this experience and, um, and why we choose as a soul to embody as a human, to have this experience and, and that, that either side of that becoming so, you know, I always joke, I've made this reference like a thousand times in this podcast, but the reference that I was listening to a woman who said that she, her Kundalini had completed and you meet these people who in the spiritual walk that act like they're just so, enlightened and evolved and they're, they've lost all earthiness. And I think it's a harder place to serve the world as a light worker when you are not, you have no grounding, you know, and you're so out there in that. So mm-hmm. I just think this, the whole conversation around how do we, how do we balance out ego, right? Right. right and, right. and spiritualness, soul. And what's the quote? I keep misquoting it. So I'm sure I'll do it right now too. I keep hearing, I feel like I heard it was an Einstein quote, but something to the effect of, um, that we've got it like backwards that the, that we, the ego and the mind was meant to be the servant of the heart, but we are now serving the master of the mind and the ego instead, like the heart serves the, the, the master of the, as the mind. And that that's like just this backwards work. And I think that resonates so deeply with me that we're, we need yeah. to switch that the ego has a place, but you know, yeah, right. Well, when we develop our intellect, we are, um, developing an aspect of our expression and, mm-hmm. And the mind is extremely important. That's how we connect with the mind of God or the mind of the universe. And we need to have a clear, high-functioning mind. Yeah. And that is how we um, we manifest our ourselves. Because if you think of energy as free-flowing and it just goes, yeah, something's got to grab it and contain it and put a put a, a job to it. Yeah. And that's what and the boundary. Yeah, yeah. That's what thought is. And mm-hmm. thought is comes in through the mechanism of the mind and part of the mind is our intellect. Mm-hmm. What, what do we know? What do we figure out? Mm-hmm. What information have we memorized and assimilated? And it comes very naturally for us. So, um, 
I'm, I'm sort of going off on some sort of, sort of trail. I don't know where I'm going with it, but I, I wanted to bring in the, um, the heart part of that, which is where the soul is, yeah, seat of the souls in the heart. And the heart is there for us to internalize our experiences. The soul grows from its experiences. Mm -hmm. And so if we sit in the mountain, in the cave, and just do mind melding with the universe, we are developing that part of ourselves, but that is only one part. Yeah. The soul comes into the physical experience to try out these thoughts. Mm -hmm. If I actually follow through on that thought and do something with it, um, build a house, um, write a sonnet, mm -hmm. you know, what is that experience like? Mm -hmm. And then when I take that out into the world and people react to it and send their energy back to me, what is that like? Mm -hmm. So if I send out a sonnet that I, I believe is beautiful and meaningful and it goes out there and nobody likes it, right? what happens? Our feelings get hurt. Mm -hmm. And our heart is broken. Mm -hmm. And we feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. And if the soul cannot assimilate that experience as something to grow on, mm -hmm but it just gets stuck in the failure of it, it, it becomes locked down. Yeah. And that's where I like to bring in my um, healing work with people to say, where did you get locked down? Mm. Where did you decide that this failure meant a failure for always and forever? Mm. And, I'm, and you stopped growing. Yeah. Absolutely stopped growing. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. So let's talk about how you got to being and doing this work because... That's beautiful. I mean, so many of us are so locked down and I love the work of Brene Brown and she always talked about, you know, that the moment where you, somebody criticized your art or your creation of some way or another and that it, you know, most people can identify yeah. when someone told them they had a bad voice or that their art was crappy or that their contribution in some way mm -hmm. was shut off, right? So the creativity yeah. like dies in that moment. It gets on lockdown. It doesn't yep. die. It just gets on lockdown. Yeah. You start, you, you stop playing with it. You stop letting it evolve. We... We have to take our experiences where it didn't turn out great. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody's nobody everything. draws up a castle the first time they yeah. put out their paints. And so, how did you get to the place where that you're doing this healing work to help people unlock these parts of their soul? Like, how did this evolve for you? How did you go from candle helping your sister with candles <laughs> and listening to cassette tapes to doing this healing work? Yeah, that that goes back to the shy child yeah, piece. Yeah, I've um. When you're shy, you do a lot of observing. Mm -hmm. You just you don't you don't engage really. Yeah. And I think that allowed me to um, watch life mm -hmm. happen mm -hmm. and to um, live vicariously through other people's wins and losses. And I'm second born of a large family, so I was left in charge of mm -hmm. a lot that I really never felt qualified to mm -hmm. or hated conflict. So, you know, what's in a family? Nothing mm -hmm. but conflict. Right. <laughs> Especially with nine children. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I just got really good at reading people. Mm -hmm. and, and I think there was some inherent talent there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I would even argue that, that shy children, like in general, have that inherent talent, right? So mm -hmm. the highly sensitive person, I was just listening to something about brain scans on that, and that it's, 
and it, it, I, I to identify as an HSP. And by the way, I did not speak my at all in uh, my entire first year of kindergarten, and they were going to hold me back because I was so painfully shy. Oh. Um, and that went on for a long time. And I relate to everything you're saying about observing the world. I have a shy daughter, and I know she's going to expand uh-huh. into herself. We, we take our time. We take our time, right? I stuttered. Yeah. It's very embarrassing. Yeah. And you don't want to talk. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't talk in kindergarten. It's not that I couldn't. I just enjoyed listening. Yeah. And I just wasn't ready. I don't think I felt safe um, necessarily in that environment. There was so much energy and so many things to mm-hmm. read and observe. Right. Yeah. So I guess my point is I would argue that that shyness, um, just like the, the highly sensitive person and an empath and all of these words are really superpowers as we keep re, you know, rebranding them, yes. you know? Empowering the shy. Yeah. I mean, we're introverts now, and and the study about being an introvert is is beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's very validating for yeah. the shy person. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm not shy anymore. I'm introverted. Yeah, right. <laughs> you've, you've evolved. <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you to whoever decided to study that and, right. and gave me an, up, an upgrade. Yeah. But I, I know I was, looking back, I know I was really sensitive in, a, in, in the meaning of not sensitive feelings, like my feelings got hurt easily, which they did. Yeah. But I was sensitive in, in the fact that I, th- I think that I was aware of something there mm-hmm. that I could not see. And it freaked me out. Yeah. Because I had goosebumps and chills up my spine and just stomach aches. And yeah. I felt sick most of the time. Oh my gosh, you're like describing my childhood. My yeah. mom said I had stomach aches and headaches from this time I was like two or three, yeah. right? Before it was normal. And they also, call, they, that also goes often to abnormal psychology, that tendency towards mood disorders like anxiety and depression and things. But I also think that my experience of anxiety and depression and similar was, was like a manifestation of trying to manage all this energy that I had no yeah. way to manage, you know? And all these feelings yeah. that I had no... I know. Yeah. I know. I don't know if having second sight would have helped because if I could see what I was feeling it may have upset me even more yeah but as an adult now and and learning things about um, ghosts Mm -hmm. and disincarnates and Mm -hmm. um, spirit guides and angels and all kinds of energies that are just wafting around (laughs) around us now that I know about that and I was like oh I think I was experiencing energy yeah and it and it's lots of layers or lots of vibrations, mm-hmm. qualities. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like there's some stinky ghosts, yeah, and there's some angels, and yeah. they, you had a different experience with the both. And so, anytime there was a um, a ghost around who had not finished graduating, come back to be a helper or love the family, yeah, the ones that were stuck because they had issues or they were angry or yeah something. For whatever reason, they were yeah. stuck. Yeah. I think those are the ones that were giving me stomach aches mm. and causing me to be afraid of the dark and mm-hmm. um, just terrified all the time. <laughs> yeah. This, it's so interesting. I'm having, like, so the, the I, I'm sorry if I've shared this on this podcast before, but the house I was born into, I don't think I have, um, was in New Hampshire, and it was, there was an actual historical plaque outside because it had, it had survived some terrible battle between the natives and um, the you know the colonized people. I feel like they were French, but I might have made that part up. Um, and there was even a, a story eventually that we found about the actual family that was there, and that they you know stolen the oldest daughter and been skinned, skin people's heads would have been skinned on there on the property. And there was so much death and destruction and the war. It was a, a war of sorts. Um, 
And I was only in that house until I was three. And I, I had an insane fear of ghosts by the time I could remember, you know, Mm -hmm. anything. And I've always felt like it was because I could sense and feel, or maybe even see all of that as a very small child. And I had no, no one, I couldn't even, I probably didn't have the words or the language for it, let alone anything else. It didn't, it didn't turn out until a year or two ago, visiting my aunt on the East coast. And she was valid. We were talking about this sort of thing because her mother had passed and she said, Oh yeah, weird stuff would happen all the time in that house. She's Mm -hmm. like, doors would open and shut. Babies would suddenly be covered with blankets. Like it was like super haunted basically, Mm -hmm. you know? And to the point where they were, could use your energy to move things. Yes. And you can feel that when your energy is being pulled out of your body, yeah. you can feel it. And that's where you get in the stomach aches yeah. from because the ectoplasm is literally being pulled out. Maybe, I don't know if it's the solar plexus or, or, yeah. or the heart chakra, but you can really feel that drain. And, you know, people who practice seances and do mediumship, I, I get concerned that they're that they're hurting themselves because I know through my studies that ectoplasm part of your aura is real slow to re- replenish. Yeah. And that to willingly do that mm. and like I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah. That maybe lead to illness or something. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that at least the ones I know that maybe aren't you know, most of the people I know who are really tapped in don't even like the word medium or psychic or anything like that anyway. Um, and I feel like, to some extent, the people that I know that do that work are really um, advanced in their knowledge of self. But I, I agree with you. I mean, there's... It's, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about untrained. Untrained, yes. The untrained <laughs> people, I agree. Yeah. 100%. I mean... Let's get out the Ouija board. Um, oh, yeah. Or let's go ghost hunting. And I was on the... Under the assumption that people who went ghost hunting and got their little machines out there to register some sort of activity in the in the um, air or in the energy, that they knew about metaphysics mm. and they knew how things worked. And I I was surprised to find out that they didn't. I was surprised to find out that they were afraid of ghosts. Yeah. And it's like, why are they doing that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I I I don't like to. I don't like to go ghost hunting. I, yeah. Well, for I don't. For I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't even. You really don't have to hunt for them. Yeah, I was gonna say, they're right here, there. They're here all the time. You just we think of only the the benevolent energies as mm-hmm. ghosts, since everything else yeah. is a helping spirit or a, yeah, you know, like Casper. Well, yeah, exactly. Right, right, <laughs> right. What do you think about um, this notion of um, well, b- benevolent spirits, right, or, or energies that are sort of quote-unquote bad or labeled bad that are stuck on earth I've heard people say like oh don't go there there's a lot of negative spirits or bad energy around that Mm -hmm. I don't mean bad energy just like bad energy I mean like bad energies or these sort of scary ghosts right Mm -hmm. what do you believe around that do you believe that's true what you know do you think that those those energies can cause harm um to you other than affecting your ectoplasm yeah that's a new word for me yeah, fun word. Yeah, it? it reminds me of Ghostbusters. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there something about they did a, They did a little research before they yeah. made that movie. Yeah. So definitely there is um, lower vibrations in or energies that have lower vibrations. And anytime that something is not vibrating in sync with what you're comfortable with or what you know or what is common for your, for your aura, you'll feel it. Mm-hmm. And that goes for with being in the presence of a holy one, like an angel, like their vibration is much cleaner and higher than yours. And you're like, oh, I've yeah. been touched by an angel and you yeah. feel happy. Yeah. You just like totally get blissed out. Yeah. 
So on the other end of the spectrum, if you're in the presence of a ghost or an entity or something that is angry, mm -hmm. is really de-evolved, mm -hmm. and has no problem with um, scaring you to get you to emit energy. Mm. When we get scared or angry, we emit energy. We, we kind of blow it out. Yeah. They're perfectly fine with getting you all worked up so you will emit some energy so they can absorb it. Mm. They, um, this is the, where the enlightened piece comes in. When you're enlightened, you know that you're connected to the universe and you're constantly being refilled. You know that and you participate in that. Yeah. When you are de-evolved and you're angry and you've disconnected, Mm -hmm. to you can't disconnect 100% but you're disconnected by all of your angry thoughts mm -hmm. and your frustrations hatreds, yeah. hatreds. Mm -hmm. um, your your connection to the universe gets turned into like this little skinny straw yeah so what happens is that you start to need food mm. and that comes from from people who have the light Mm. flowing in and out and all around them. Yeah. And you don't or have boundary enough to know how to protect themselves from these kinds of energies. That that's that's the key thing yeah. is to have these boundaries. Um, a lot of people walk around um, not understanding how that works. Yeah. So they become like, you know, walking deli trays and yeah. and they just get hit like we did when we were kids. Yeah. And so that's a real thing and it really happens. Um if you're going into a place and it doesn't feel good to you, mm -hmm. uh, don't go there. Yeah. Because you're going to run into some trouble. Mm -hmm. And you can feel sick. You can be tripped. You, you, could, be, I, you could be possessed at the mm -hmm. worst case scenario. Sure. Um, I stopped going to bars and uh, drinking and smoking because it weakened me and weakened my defenses, put holes in my aura. And that was like saying, come on in, party's yeah. right here. And um, a lot of people would blame alcohol and smoking and um, taking drugs 100% their hangover on that. But actually part of the hangover is that their, they were, um, their energy was siphoned off by mm. an opportunistic ghost or entity that was hanging out. That makes perfect sense because when you drink, all of your boundaries go down. So why wouldn't your energetic boundary also go down, right? Like, so, yep. you know, mm -hmm. we do more re reckless things yeah. um, when, we're, when we are... You put yourself at risk. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that makes perfect sense that energetically that would also happen. That's really, that's really fascinating about... Um, just, you know, I just think of all the unboundary people that walk around and then they feel like slugs because they're, they're mm -hmm. constantly, um, a victim to everybody else's energy, the living and the dead, right? Yeah. Because it isn't just the, the dead that have that influence other people's, yeah. if they're not boundaried, you know? Yep. Yeah. Come party with me. Yeah. Everyone likes, you know, party buddy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, addictions, part of addiction is, could be that there's an, an attachment by a, a ghost or a mm. spirit who is a, also addicted or mm. was addicted when they were alive. Mm -hmm. there, you can have that going on. And um, when when I do the healing work, sometimes it's just all about, well, what are your bad habits? And let's start clearing that. Yeah. And clearing all of the way that it's energetically working. Mm. How do spirits get back that are uh, stuck here? How do they, how does that eventually happen they have to let go of their attachments to okay. the earth they have to acknowledge that they're dead mm -hmm. and they need to go 
to the next place right. where, where, wherever they're going to go and they have to get brave mm. and they have to get brave and, and face you know face the transition piece mm. you know if, if somebody is really attached and, and this goes into the Buddhism too right. if you're really attached to material things you stay where you're attached mm. your soul stays focused on what it's focused on yeah and it can cause a lack of growth a lack of movement mm -hmm. between the worlds and we need to move between the worlds in right. order to elevate right yeah um so let's talk about an aura because you've said that a few times um explain to people what aura is from your perspective sure an aura is the energetic part of your manifestation here on earth so we have a physical body mm -hmm. and then we have the energy field around the physical body and so that supports the physical body so it can stay alive. We, yes, we eat and we drink, keep hydrated, and, and, but we, if we don't have energetic exchange between the universe and our physical body, the, mm -hmm. the body will start to decay and fall apart and, and it will die. Um, a lot of people have heard about the silver cord and, yeah. and all of that. And, and if that gets cut, then you're really dead. Yeah. You're not pretend dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, the um, the aura and all the ways that we are connected to the universe that mm -hmm. allows a physical life to happen is very complex. Mm -hmm. Very complex. It's not a simple silver silver cord. Yeah. So um, to keep it uh, contained in a box where it doesn't blow your mind is that the aura around the body is connected to the universe mm -hmm. and all of the blessings, the love all the energy you need to sustain the physical body and to have a productive life mm -hmm. comes in through the aura mm. and it all works together. Okay. What blows your mind? How do you make that so big that we, it would blow our mind? Well, we have a higher self mm -hmm. we have a highest self yeah. and we have a spirit yeah. and we have, um, chakras, mm -hmm. we have power centers. Mm -hmm. We have three bodies actually. Okay. We have a physical body. We have a mental etheric body and we have an astral body mm -hmm. and those are all supporting the physical body. Yeah. And the whole reason for all of it is so the soul can be on the physical plane and have these experiences so it can understand and learn and grow and evolve and return back to God. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We're not here to get rich. Right. We're not here to get famous. Right. Those are all side effects. Yeah. We're here to grow. To learn how to love, mm -hmm. love our God, mm -hmm. love ourselves and love others, mm -hmm. express love. Yeah. So that we can earn the right to be back with God. Okay. Well, how do you define God? God, for me, is the place from whence we came. Mm -hmm. That we, um, we have this original thought. Okay. Place that, yeah. that we were. And um, we are part of God expressing itself into the universe to know itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not the guy in the sky. Probably doesn't even have a long white beard. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. I, you know, I always, I, I am still working, maybe you can do some healing work on me around the word God, because to me, I still feel my like energy go, like it contracts, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I used to be there too. Yeah. Um, it's just a word. Yeah. So God is everything. Yeah. There isn't anything that isn't God. Right. And if God stops thinking, we would all disappear. Okay. 
So we have an individual expression of God. That's right. important. That's the soul. And recently I learned, I thought it was pretty funny, that um, our soul is an infant. Mm. We are babies. Okay. We are babies, and our spirit is, which is guiding the the soul, mm-hmm. and all. And you have to get into reincarnation at this point. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we get into that all the time on this podcast. So, yeah. So the the soul is having all of these lifetimes, mm-hmm. and it has things that it wants to accomplish, and it has karma. It has to balance. Mm-hmm. Um, is all under the tutelage of our spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the soul and spirit are different in this conversation. The soul is not the spirit. The spirit is not the soul. The soul is the baby, and the mommy is the spirit. spirit. Okay. So the soul is sort of what's having the experience mm-hmm. of embodiment, and the spirit is really the God. higher self, the higher... Sh- the spirit is... the connection to God. The spirit is above the higher self. Okay. The higher self is... Um, it's a chakra with consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then there's highest selves above yeah. that. Yeah. It, it's a huge ladder. Yeah. No, I, I just did um, a, a healing group with uh, my friend Lori, who's been on the podcast, and um, we were doing this, you know, chakra, and then go go again, go higher, go higher, mm-hmm. go higher, go higher. And it was really incredible. Like, I felt like I was just this, like, I don't know, raindrop is even the right word, but it was like that the tail of the chakras going upward would literally never stop. You know, it just felt like all of that energy was kind of just being drawn, mm-hmm. um, upward and upward. And it's, um, yeah, I think that, I think all of this is part of this, this conversation of shifting people's belief systems. So nothing's too weird to me. I mean, maybe it's conceptually too hard for most of us to understand. And I think probably a lot of it is, mm-hmm. you know, like I have to wrap my head around that, what you're saying about soul and spirit, but, um, makes perfect sense to me. Do you believe that souls have, or souls or spirits, um, determine sort of a mission in life or things that you're working on? You know, you said it's, it's not your job to become, or it's not everyone's job to become rich and famous. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you think that there's some inherent mission that people are here that they set themselves up with some sort of plan and, um, path, but let's go to the Akashic, right? Because this is essentially where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really quite a machine. We're very quite organized mm-hmm. in in the whole big picture of it. And so we have many things to master. Mm-hmm. And it can't be done in one life. Yeah. It's sometimes we don't even get it in a life, mm-hmm. especially the thing that we're focusing on. Yeah. And uh, so we have um, infinite number of opportunities mm-hmm. to get it right. And so the soul's job is to... Um, get in there and get the work done and do it. And it does get very mission looking. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm here to do this. And when, when people say, Oh, I don't know what to do with my life. And mm-hmm. I just feel so lost. It's, um, we can get in there and start waking the soul up and start saying, come on, come mm-hmm. on, you're alive now. Yeah. Because the soul does get enmeshed in what's going on around it. Yeah. So if what's going on around it is um, a very turbulent and dramatic home environment when they're children. Mm-hmm. That gets to be all shocky and like, I don't even know what's going on here. Yeah. And then um, they're not doing well in school and they're not accelerating at anything. And then life just becomes too hard and just like, you know, I'm going I'm to coast. Yeah. I'm not going to participate yeah. in this life. And it shuts down. Like you said, it gets locked up and shuts down. Locked up and shut down. Yeah. So um, I can help them go back and put all of those things in their proper place. Mm -hmm. I read a book a long time ago about 
when energy is not in its right place, mm-hmm. that you can you can move it. Okay. And I, I thought that's a great concept. Mm-hmm. So we're always learning something from somewhere. Sure. It's like, well, let's use that and see what we can do with it. So we can we can do the spiritual psychology, you know, without the Akashic records. But when we do a light meditation and go into the Akashic records and allow the metaphors there to talk to us, it's like the, my client can just say, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it now because, because they're an adult now and they're mm-hmm. going back to maybe a childhood event. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at it from an adult's perspective, so it's different. Sure. And even though they can feel the emotion, and even though they can they can get a little scared and and stop functioning a little bit, I can be there as you know the person that says, "You're all grown now." Yeah. That it's not even going on now. Right. So it, it keep their focus, and then the choice can happen. What do you want to do now with that? Mm-hmm. Do you want to stay? afraid of heights mm-hmm. because you fell and injured yourself right. and now you're like I'm never climbing anything again that was just too horrible right. experience do you want to stay there or do you want to be responsible for your life and say well if I take care of myself and my body is strong and my balance is good mm-hmm. and I pay attention to where I'm walking mm-hmm. I can probably handle Walking upstairs, being on a balcony, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm not going to like throw myself off of it because sure. that's my impulse because I want to get through the fear of falling as fast as possible. There are people who throw themselves off of things, right? Because they know sensitization, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know they're going to fall, so that let's just get it over with. It, it's that's the mind, right? That's on the wrong track. So do people come to you for things most simply like that? I mean, I'm sure there's much bigger things than just fear of falling. And most of our fears are probably even more limiting mm-hmm. than that. How does, um, how do you help people? So the healing work helps guide people back to the wisdom of their soul in the sense of what are they here to accomplish and where they're getting stuck is what I'm hearing. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Akashic records are like the book of life for lack of a better way. And so do you help people go in there or do you go in there for them and, and report back? I, um, my, I'm, I'm a firm believer in empowerment. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You're going in, Okay. you're going yeah. into your records. I'll go with you. Yeah. And we'll face your fears together. Mm-hmm. We'll face your events together. Right. No matter how bizarre they seem to mm-hmm. you or, um, so large that this is never going to happen or so blocked that you can't even see it. Mm-hmm. I'm in my record room and there's nothing here. Yeah. Well, yes, there is. Yeah. So we, we do cool stuff like, okay, feel along the wall, light switch, boom, turn on the light switch. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you make these suggestions mm-hmm. and in their mind they follow along and then the lights are on and like, oh, there's all kinds of stuff in here. Okay. Usually we start with a pleasant, good experience. Let's yeah. just go in the records and have fun. Okay. Because your Akashic record is is a place of unconditional love, first Mm -hmm. and foremost. The things that come out that are um, memories are are there just like as like a little show. Mm -hmm. And then and then when we're done with that show, we put it back. Okay. I always think of it like Harry Potter's like book of, you know, like how every book or everything in Harry Potter moves. Like that's always what I imagine in my mind when talking about the Akashic um, field. So and I so you you've written a book on this and Mm -hmm. um, 
It's is it it's DIY the Akashic Records? Is that what's the name of the title again? Real close. DIY Akashic Wisdom. Akashic Wisdom. Yeah. Okay. Using what you find in your Akashic Records to help you solve your problems. Mm-hmm. You can and you don't have to be always problem solving healing modality in the records. You can also do that to bring out your talents, latent talents. Mm-hmm. I, I can play the plant piano and I'm pretty good at it, but I know I could be a master. Yeah. And so we go in and we find those lifetimes and hook you up to those lifetimes where you were a master. Mm -hmm. Because every life experience that the soul goes through, Mm -hmm. it it builds. Yeah. Mozart was not born a prodigy. Mozart had lifetimes of writing music, being involved in music, learning Mm -hmm. music, mastering different instruments, whatever. I don't know what he played beyond the piano, but I think he did more. Yeah, yeah. So, right, so we tap into our potentials, Mm -hmm. and we can also do some forward movement into the future. Okay, and play out different outcomes to see how it is, or do you think there's a best path? There's there's, um, our strongest potentials, or I'll say there's a lot of juice in that one, Yeah, meaning that your soul is really going in this trajectory, and if we looked at other trajectories, which there are, the energy side kind of wanes because okay. it's, yeah, I'm not really invested in that one. Yeah. My passion is not there. Yeah. So when someone says, well, what do I do with my life? Well, let, we can take a peek in the future at what your strongest potentials are and then compare it to now and then compare it to where you were before. Mm-hmm. And look for whatever might be stopping you from living out that, that powerful potential. Right. Those, okay. are, those are the things that we believe in that I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, because of X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those yeah. darn X, Y, and Z. I know, man. <laughs> All those limiting beliefs and bullshit that we carry around. Um, I mean, I th- that is so much of this, I think, the human experience is unearthing those. And mm-hmm. part of why I want to do this podcast is helping people, maybe in other people's stories, go, okay, I see where I've been doing that pattern, too, or that thing that happened to me has blocked me, and, I, and I'm afraid, even though I know mm-hmm. there's this juicy potential for me here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have been the greatest places of your own growth um, in that? What have you unearthed that was blocked that's allowed you to step into this healing work? You know, overcoming the shyness mm-hmm. was, was monumental. Mm-hmm. That was my milestone in my life. And how did you do that? I had to go through uh, many healings around um, believing that I... I was ineffectual, didn't have anything to offer, that I um, was stupid, was a big one. Mm -hmm. I was stupid. Mm -hmm. And I literally have been sitting here thinking about how intelligent you are most of this conversation. (laughs) So just so you know, that's not true. (laughs) You know, you're not the only one that said, what? Yeah, right. So that's that's how powerful a belief can be. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that belief came from? Um... I know, I know that there were other lifetimes where I um, made big mistakes in the Brainiac department. Mm-hmm. Like I was a scientist, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I really didn't allow myself to heal from that. Mm-hmm. That it's like, what a stupid mistake, and then yeah. stayed there, just yeah. like we were talking about earlier, getting stuck, getting mm-hmm. stuck in your in your failures. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime we have been the bad guy in another lifetime, that kind of leaves a chink mm-hmm. there, and you, you need to get in there and forgive. So there, I did, I did a lot of forgiveness work mm-hmm. on myself because when we don't forgive ourselves, especially for things we don't even remember that happened, mm-hmm. we just come in to this lifetime with this weird 
of self-loathing or I don't like myself or mm. how could you say that about nice thing about me because I'm really kind of a scumbag yeah and it's like well where did scumbag come from right so I had to um, unravel a lot of that mm-hmm. and uh, more locally in this lifetime uh being from a large family comes with a lot of a lot of dynamics around you kids are driving me crazy sure <laughs> the parents yeah. being frustrated mm-hmm. and you know kids they're just little sponges we take that in as there's something inherently wrong with me yeah. because my parents are unhappy mm-hmm. so I had to undo that mm-hmm. and uh, being a parent myself I was could get into the compassion of and the understanding of how hard it is to be a parent. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My kid's not, my, son, my daughter's not doing camp this summer, and um, I've caught myself a few times being like, you are driving me nuts. And I like can feel the retraction when I say it, but like in the moment, it is like, oh, parenting, yeah. you know? It's so hard sometimes, yeah. I don't know about you, but when I became a parent, even being married and then becoming a parent, mm-hmm. it brought out, some ancestral patterns oh, that yeah. I'm like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And now when someone says, well, you sound just like your mother, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the imprinting is real. Yeah. So uh, my family has uh, trouble with rage. Okay. And so soft-spoken, shy little Patty yeah. can bring it. <laughs> when, <laughs> she can when, when I'm really triggered. Yeah. And I, I never really got triggered until I was responsible for another little human being uh-huh. and, and that was breaking my own heart doing that that yeah. was really hard so it was breaking my own heart yelling at my children how did my mother feel yelling at nine little sure. children and so I, I could say oh I saw my mother in a whole new light yeah and I could forgive her and understand her and and go wow mom yeah <laughs> nine yeah. What were you thinking? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Irish Catholic or something? What's the what's the uh... Catholic? Catholic. Yeah. Catholic, and you know that was the uh, the thing. Yeah. Having just... a large family was important. Yeah. Um, they weren't you know into farming or anything, so there wasn't any reason to to create little laborers. Yeah. For the farm, um, but yeah, they just they just had a big family. Hmm. My parents really, really love each other. Mm-hmm. And so if you do not take precautions, you end up with lots of little bunnies. <laughs> that is how that works. Yes. yes. I mean, that's lovely that they really loved each other. Yes. That's very sweet. That's a yeah. good reason, I guess, to mm-hmm. procreate to nine. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me think back to what we were just talking about before that. So how did you wake up healing as, I mean, so we talked about how you were sensitive and you took in the information of the world and you were good at reading people, but how did healer become part of the work you do? Do you do hands-on healing too, or is it all from the Akashic field or what's, what do you, how did you do that? Yeah, the, heal, the healing, the oh, being, coming a healer was, um, exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Um, when I was, uh, a young adult. I had this great idea mm-hmm. that I would like to heal people. Okay. No, I had no idea what that <laughs> oh, meant. I'm like, wow. I had no idea what that meant. And what inspired me was um, a movie called Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was out in the late 70s, early 80s. 
and um, Ellen Bernstein was the star of that one. And um, she got into an accident and broke her legs all up, and then she healed them herself Mm -hmm. with sheer will and whatever else she had going on there. And then she found when she did that, she awakened this spontaneous healing thing. That's the premise of the movie. Mm -hmm. And she could heal people. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it has its ups and downs like all interesting movies do. But I was fascinated with that concept. Yeah. Put your hand on there and it's all better because it's the easy button. Mm -hmm. It's just like it hurt and now it doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. You are dying and now you're fine. Yeah. You can continue on your life and be happy. So really the bottom line for me was... I wanted everyone to be happy. Mm, of course maker, I mediator. did. Yeah. I was the second born of nine children. Yeah. I just wanted y'all to be quiet and get along. Yeah. So it Peace. turned into this healer thing. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but I also have a knack for it, too. Mm-hmm. I have very sensitive hands, and I have a sensitive sense of your environment, mm-hmm. how, what your energy is saying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made it really easy to go into the Akashic Records because I could tune into it mm-hmm. and have this knowing, a hearing, and a listening. And, um, of course, it evolves over time. Sure. I wasn't like that from the get-go. From the beginning, it was more empathy and sympathy. Mm-hmm. It starts out real basic. Yeah. I just want you to be all right so you stop screaming. Yeah. Because it is irritating to me. Because I'm sensitive and I can <laughs> feel everything. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. I want you okay so yeah. I can be okay. Yeah. Very selfish, but hey, we're human. Was on the way. (laughs) Yeah, it's all you know. As somebody once said to me, um, uh, you know, don't shit on your stepping stones, so to speak. I think they don't think they swore, but you know, don't poo-poo your your stepping stones, you know, because um, it all leads to here, right? And that's Mm -hmm. what I love this idea of like, how did it lead there? So you started to become more sensitive. What did you? What kind of trainings did you do? Like, if somebody feels called to this, like, what what's the next right steps? in general for people what did you do I found a teacher okay and I highly recommend finding a teacher Mm -hmm. and um, just keep looking and just just because you find a teacher and you go through their program doesn't mean you stop there then you find another one and you find another one you find you find a personal practice Mm -hmm. too Um, like meditation like what what, what's a personal yoga meditation yeah um, exercise journaling yeah Um, even the practice of walking at the end of the day and then reviewing your day Mm -hmm. that can be a practice because it's all about offloading everything that you've picked up Mm -hmm. over the course of time Mm -hmm. so that you can be really clear on who you are Mm -hmm. so the first part of learning to be a healer was really healing myself Mm -hmm. so I did find a teacher Um, the phenomenon news was that was happening then and I used thumb through the pages looking for somebody that their picture appeals to you or their words appeal to you. Something and then, jumped out. So yeah. I just, that's how I started. Okay. It was almost like throwing a dart. Yeah. But not quite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there again, like that's the, where we think we're weird, except for that if something resonates, it just resonates and trust that, right? Like your name kept popping up. I'm like, okay, well I got an interview with Patty Jaw. Like I just, you there know, she- I didn't have any reason why I didn't know any, I literally didn't really know anything about you. I was just like, that's who I'm supposed to interview. Not, you know, I threw a dart at Facebook <laughs> Yeah, I didn't break my computer, but like, um, I think that learning to touch, to trust those tiny, um, tiny moments of intuition, mm-hmm. right? And, and follow one and step after that. And the they next. do happen all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. And if, and the yoga helps with being 
learning to become quiet so you can let that in. Mm -hmm. And then asking good questions. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, took classes, started practicing, uh, taking leaps of faith Mm -hmm. and trying out different things and making a ton of mistakes. Yeah. And then I experimented on myself a lot. Yeah. I I was fortunate to be, as a young adult during the times when all this stuff is coming out, yeah. Magnets, Bach mm. flower remedies, mm-hmm. um, aromatherapy, aromatherapy, crystals. I, it w- if it was advertised, I tried it. Yeah. I would go to stores, yeah. you know, the new age stores. I would be listening to channeled messages mm-hmm. and yeah, just went to town. Yeah. I mean, homeopathy. And, yeah. I was really into homeopathy. In fact, that's why I have the healer's almanac. Uh-huh. That is my entire story of all it some of the things that I experimented with. Okay. I experimented with even more. Yeah. Different therapies, um, meditating with color, Yeah. meditating with sound. So just super experiential and see yeah. what connects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, your yeah. healers, I do, I mean, every page that I flipped open to in your healer's almanac, um, there was something profound mm-hmm. that jumped out at me, you know, in it. And also for me, it's often when I'm, I don't know about your experience of this, but for me, so much of it is like just finding other people that like, yeah, that's what I've always thought. Yeah, that makes sense for me, right? Like, so for me, it was in and leaving the church, so to speak. The first next step was, you know, Neil Donald Walsh because he was sort of speaking Christianity, but not. But I was like, these are all these things I've always felt, and it just resonated deeply. And so I think by really experimenting with all the different healing modalities, mm-hmm. you can figure out what it is. Maybe it isn't crystals for you. Maybe it's aromatherapy for you, or all these things. And all of what you're talking about is just exploding now, right? Again. It's exploding again. It exploded yeah. it, it, probably every 20 years as a, right. a renaissance. And, and I'm old enough now to say that it's the next generation going, yeah. wait a second, there's more here. Wait, yeah. Is that why my mom has crystals on the shelf? Yeah. It's yeah. because it carries a vibration mm-hmm. and it can positively influence the energy in my house. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was just pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, that too. But yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so now you you do all these different things. So, tell us exactly the kind of work you do now, and what's your what's your what's your personal mission at this point in your life? Okay. You know, my personal mission hasn't changed much from when I was younger, and I just wanted you to be okay. Yeah. Uh, it has evolved into I just want you to be okay because you have so much to offer. Yeah. And to live for. Yeah. So. I learned some tools on how to help you get there. Mm -hmm. I can observe your energy and I can communicate to you where you're blocked and what that means. Yeah. So if I'm feeling like your energy's flowing really nicely out of these chakras, Mm -hmm. but it's for crap in this other chakra, Mm -hmm. that sends a very specific message to your own mind and psyche Mm. and soul. And so I can use that as a diagnostic tool. Mm So I also learned how to read the energy in the Tree of Life, your Kabbalah. Okay. And that's a very powerful and very telling and very old tool Mm -hmm. that I can use. And so, again, similar to the chakras and to the aura, the Kabbalah can say, oh, the energy's not moving in this sphere or that sphere, and it means this. Yeah. You can connect the dots on all this thing, and you will actually tell this, can tell the person why. Mm-hmm. They are still looking for a job. 
they're unhappily married, mm -hmm. and their tires are flat on their car. Yeah. I mean, it's just all the physical manifestations of this blocked energy. Mm -hmm. It all adds up, and they're like, wow, you're so smart. And I'm like, it's like reading tarot cards sometimes. Yeah. So, and that goes back to being a sensitive person because um, what I, back to that brain scan is that they basically were saying like that the highly sensitive brain like um, catalogs information sort of unknowingly, and I'm like, that's what I've always said. That I like people be like, what do you think about so and so? And I like, well, like it's like I have this Rolodex of information in my mind mm -hmm. that I had no idea had been. I'm absorbing. adding that to my website. Yeah, I, I catalog information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's what my brain has always done. I'm like, yeah. oh, I just and then and then you're just connecting those dots, mm -hmm. and um, and that's back to the superpower. So you're doing that from the modality of healing mm -hmm. on one singular person to sort of study them and then put all of those yeah. Yeah. that catalog. And we do we do spend time. Tell me about your life. Tell me about what you're not happy with about your life, mm -hmm. and then tell me about. Um, I have specific questions that I ask your relationship with your parents, your siblings, whether or not you have siblings. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your health and, and I mean, if someone tends to be sick or wounded on the right side of their body tells mm -hmm. me something. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, cataloging all the information. Yeah. It's not that magical or mystical. Um, well, it's, it's back to the scientific in yeah. some ways, you know, but where it gets magical and mystical is when we get into the Akashic records and take all of this, uh, well, we don't have to take this information into the Akasha because it's already there. What we take into the Akasha is the question. Mm. What do you want mm -hmm. to figure out mm -hmm. about your life? What puzzle do you want to solve? Mm -hmm. What is your goal? What's yeah. your end game? However you want to phrase it. Yeah. We, we take that into the Akashic records. And what happens is they, they meaning that there's individuals or guides in the Akashic records that will say, no problem. You want to solve that? Boom, 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 boom. And they bring out the mm. specific energy pattern mm. that tells the story of how you got here. Mm -hmm. So this dysfunction that you're having in your life right now started somewhere. Yeah. And the Akasha can help me get to that first event mm. and then pull it through to now. Okay. So a lot of times that is um, a past life mm -hmm. because it's generally literally events. Yeah. Other times it is um, a belief that gets married to an entity. Mm. And so the entity says, I'm going to help you keep this belief going because, you know, it's pretty mutual. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed upon it. Yeah. I, I get something out of it. You get something out of it. Okay. And uh, so we can work with that contract. We call it a contract. Okay. It's like, I'm stupid. Uh-huh. I don't want to identify as stupid anymore. So yeah. I go into the Akashic Records and say, well, when did that start? Mm. Okay, here's the event. Mm -hmm. So now what do I believe about myself? Mm -hmm. In addition to I'm stupid, there's usually a, it's a little more complex than sure. that. And then we, I can pick out the energy matrix that you put together to keep it locked there. Mm. So it's not always about sheer will. Yeah. It's always about love. Mm -hmm. So you love yourself mm -hmm. and love the experience that you had mm -hmm. to free yourself of it. And then there's some mechanics like let's graduate that entity, let's erase that contract or take your name off of it. Or maybe there's some ancestor stuff coming. Okay, your ancestors, they believed that. Mm -hmm. 
and it came through your DNA, and it's yeah. impacting you now. Yeah, and that's you have kind the of power to, to yeah. shift, heal, and break that cycle. It's somewhat an innocent yeah. belief, but it's there. Yeah. So again, it's all about choices, mm-hmm. and letting go, and then believing in the good that is there, mm. that you are, the mm-hmm. love that you are. Mm. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to book a session with you. To be totally honest, I'm like, oh, good. I am. Can we do like 20 of these? <laughs> Absolutely, as yeah. many as it takes. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, how do people connect with you if they want to reach out and learn more about you and what you do and your books and all of it? I have a website, healingwithpattyshaw.com. Okay. And um, uh, my email is on there. My phone number. Okay. Is on there. And, and you can do this, just to be clear for everyone, you don't do this only in person. You can do it distance as well. Over the phone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, anything else that you think we should know about you or like last thoughts that I didn't let you hash out? I'm trying to, I got to all of these that I was, that I was writing down as we went. I wanted to make okay. sure we, unha- I mean, I feel like we could talk for three hours, but I have a problem of making podcasts so long that nobody will. <laughs> be able to stand the length. <laughs> Interesting, but a little long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I really like to have fun with life. Yeah. Life is really serious and heavy sometimes. Yeah. And I, and I, li- I like to um, have fun with it and find the humor in that. Laughing is very um, liberating. Mm-hmm. So if you find that you, you've called me and made an appointment about this very serious issue and we end up laughing about it, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that goes back to me into this dance, right? Like, can mm-hmm. I just remember that this is play and creativity and mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to feel so heavy because sometimes it feels really heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Yeah. And, and I don't mind weird. Yeah. I don't mind weird at all because it all has meaning. Mm-hmm. Everything everything has a purpose. Mm-hmm. So if you call me and say, well, I'm embarrassed to tell you that, but I really think I was abducted by aliens. I'm like, that's cool. So was I. Yeah. It's okay. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I always say when people tell me weird things, I'm like, I love weird. Tell me, tell me more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm not to discount anybody's experience, mm-hmm. but it's not about staying in the experience. It's about what did... What are you trying to teach yourself? What are you trying to learn? Yeah. What do you need to remember? What are you getting out of this? Mm-hmm. Why are you still thinking about it? Something is still niggling at, at your soul. Yeah. You're trying to figure that out. It's like you're in, uh, an investigator in mm-hmm. some ways, like a yeah. detective. It's fun. Yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> it sounds awesome. I was wanting to be a forensic scientist, and it sounds like yeah. you're doing that on like a spiritual yeah. level. That's why I find everybody interesting and um I mean, you mentioned it very in the very beginning. People think that they're they're boring. They don't have anything to share. I'm like, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, everybody does. You walking around is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, 100. Mm-hmm. percent Yeah. Well, thank you for this. This was awesome. I hope thank you. you enjoyed chatting. I love chatting with you. It was easy. I keep looking at the time. Like, okay, let's not. I, I could keep going. So, thank you. Thank you for your time. And I thank can't you. wait to book. Yeah. All right, friends, thank you for making it all the way through the end of this. I hope that you gleaned something fascinating or interesting or thought-provoking out of this talk. I appreciate you listening all the way through. It is so hard to edit these down and pare them down because um, I just think so much of this story is so relevant. Uh, I appreciate your dedication to seeing this episode through and uh, look forward to connecting with you in the future. 
this uh, resonated with you or you think somebody would appreciate it, please share it. Help, let's help one another expand the way we see the world, our lives, and, uh, and continue to grow together. Have a great, great day.